Kat. And I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Cat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 42, You Don't Look Like a Killer to Me. This week we're discussing series 3, episode 13 of Doctor Who, Last of the Time Lords, and season 3, episode 7 of Buffy, Revelations. As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to the first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. So, here we go. Last <laughs> of the Time Lords. Last episode of Series 3. And I'm so excited, and we have to talk about Jack to begin with. Very... I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm so excited about. I was so worried that you were going to get that spoiled for you. And I'm so happy that you made it all the way to the end yeah. of the season without. So, woohoo! I'm so I was waiting to for you to say that you accidentally, you know, that, found out that little fact. So, that is interesting. And and yeah, no, there's definitely a um I so I felt that same way about Angel dying. Okay. Um, at the end of Buffy season two, like I was right. like, uh, I Any hope she know. doesn't yeah. know. Um, and yeah. even I think to a lesser extent, um, with with surprise and innocence when he uh-huh. turns, you know, when his soul gets taken away. So like, I totally get <laughs> where you're coming from. That's what my point is. But like, yeah, yeah. like um, I'm kind of surprised too, actually. Now that I know you know, the whole Jack slash face of bow connection, which we'll talk about in a second. I, I think you're right. Cause like, it seems like a big deal. And it seems that I don't, maybe just cause it's a few years removed from when the episodes aired, maybe it's become less of a controversy, but I, w- I was looking up some stuff after my first watch and, and heard that. Um, and, and it does seem that there's, and maybe controversy isn't even quite the right term, but like debate or, um, mm you know, uh, acceptance as canon of, of what is implied very heavily and very strongly at all. I mean, I only use the term implied in like the strictest technical sense, because I feel like it is pretty much almost stated outright. Yes. But he does. I mean, obviously there's no, explicit explanation see, that Jack is Yeah, facing. we don't see any any transformation in front of our eyes that would that would deter, become like incontestable right. proof. But, you know, right. I think I think this is about as far as you you can go and and yeah. What I have a difficult time understanding is why people would would, would want to deny this. <laughs> well, because I think it's I mean Maybe that's just me. I I love it. I love the fact that yeah. he's the face of Bo. So, you know, I mean, I guess it's not absolutely 100% fact, but, like, honestly, like, it... But what is? <laughs> it, it works so... What is? Especially in Doctor <laughs> Who, right? Right. You know, um... Yeah, no. So, I really... I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that revelation. So, so so here's here's a few things actually that's that's a good sort of segue because I did want to sort of discuss perhaps debunk uh is a better term of what I would like to do. I don't know if people who hold any of these positions will agree that I've debunked them but um to sort of go through at least a couple things now realize I realize I've only known this information for a few days. So maybe yeah. there's better you know 
research out there and, and better, um, you know, arguments either one way or the other. Um, but sort of the, there are a few arguments that I've seen. Um, one is that it was sort of a throwaway joke kind of thing, not meant to be taken as a a sort of a canonical explanation. Mm -hmm. Um, we've never heard before this. I don't believe Jack, uh, where his origin was, right? I, this is, like right. he says, the Beauchene Peninsula. The is Beauchene this... Peninsula. Yeah. This is the first we're hearing is, about that. This yeah, is the yeah. first time we get that information. I think either in Doctor Who or Torchwood. Um, I think so, yeah. So so it's almost like a made-for like made uh, the event sort of, Jack's leaving, why don't we just throw in like... Oh, uh-huh. you know, by the way, I am also the face of Bo kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, where would the face ya. of, why would he be called the face of Bo? Oh, because he was from a place called Bo Shane. And so they called yeah. him the face of Bo because he was so pretty. And, you know, yeah. that that's great. So like that, it was sort of a joke. And and I guess I haven't heard the commentary, but um, I think you even mentioned to me, um, and I've seen this used as part of the argument or explanation or whatever, um, that Russell T. Davies actually sort of quibbles and say, well, it's, it's not, you know, an exact, uh, admission yeah, I mean, or, or connection. The, the and there's, he goes, the farthest he goes in the commentary that I listened to is to say that like, kind of like we said, you don't get absolute incontestable proof. So if you don't want to believe it, the option is open that it's just a theory. Now, as soon as he said this, the other two producers both told him he was crazy. So, you know. Right. And, and that was and what I was going to say is I that think, they're. I think that that points more towards Russell Davies and Stephen Moffat and Paul Cornell and all these people being against the very idea of the Doctor Who canon. So it's not even so much them saying Jack isn't the face of Bo, but that, you know, is there even a canon to begin with, you know, mm. maybe what's true in Doctor Who is sort of, and Russell Davies would be the kind of showrunner to say, he's the kind of writer that says, look, I'm just the writer. I have no more, you know, uh, you know, determination of canon than you, the reader, do. You know, he's that kind of a writer. Mm. So I don't know that it's so much him saying backpedaling as much as him kind of leaving it up to the viewer you know, to sort of determine what they want to believe, you know, now whether, yeah. how you take that, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm not even sure. Yeah. Like, like that it was backpedaling or, you know, explanation or, or whatever, just so much as, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, or like he says, it's, you know, not, there's no definitive, there's no on screen transformation. There's no whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, another Along those lines, another explanation I've seen is I guess at the time um, there was also interest in preserving the – at the time of the commentary anyway, mm-hmm. there was all, also interest in preserving um, the illusion perhaps. I don't know because I haven't seen all of Torchwood yet, but the, the idea that perhaps Jack could die um, you know, in some episode of Torchwood or something. So mm-hmm. – so he was leaving it open there, whereas obviously we know the face of Bo lives billions of years. Right. And actually right. that brings up another argument that I've seen. We've seen the face of Bo die. Jack supposedly is immortal. Um, right, right. So the the explanations or the 
counter explanations or whatever you would want to say there is one, maybe Jack's not truly immortal. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that just seems to be that he, yes, he's frequently revived after he dies. Um, and so the assumption is that he's immortal and the doctor even tells him, uh, you know, he's, he's an impossible thing, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is immortal just because he thinks he is, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, sure. like, like the idea that he, believes himself to be immortal and that he can never die. This is based on like a couple hundred years experience yes, v- yes. versus, you know, the 5 billion years that he, if he is in fact the face of Bo ends up yeah. living. So, yeah. you know, very small drop in a, in a huge bucket. Um, yeah. And, and what is it that made him supposedly immortal or at least very extremely long lived um, was this power from the TARDIS. Well, if that's what's keeping him alive, Possibly five billion years is enough to make it eventually run out. Even that battery may have yeah, its limits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, you know, the fact that he thinks he's immortal now, having only had this power for a couple hundred years, uh, you know, at subjective time in this case, um, doesn't necessarily mean that he truly is immortal. And so the the idea could very well be that he lives on. Now, what happens to the rest of his body? I don't know. Um, but I did want to draw attention to, so we did, we did talk about, um, the, the face of Bo having little Bomina. Uh-huh. Um, we don't know what that means. Would that uh-huh. have been a regular human or whatever? I mean, I don't, I, is Jack human or is he only humanoid? I don't know that. Do we ever get that? I, I think he is. I oh, think he, he is. is. Okay. Um, he's at least he's at least like descended of humans from the future. Now whether humans have intermingled and he's part something else, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that we find I'm not sure if that's ever but I think we're meant to see him as human, basically. Yeah. Um But I, any anyway <laughs> I, I was gonna say, um you know, so okay, so you know, possibly we don't know how that would affect his look or whatever after living, you know, so many hundreds of thousands of years. Because the face of Bo is the face of Bo, two hundred thousand years into the future, right at the mm-hmm. end of the uh, end of the world episode. So, um, right, you know, a couple hundred thousand years may have been able to account for that um, transformation and look. And we get the idea that um, you know he has little Bolminas, which if Jack's not fully human. Possibly mm-hmm. he could have children, but also there's one sort of throwaway reference to Jack being pregnant at one point, isn't there? Did I not catch that right? In, um, in Doctor Who or in Torchwood? Ah. Because you've mm. watched Torchwood more recently than I have. Yeah, maybe that so I'm was... I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't recall anything, but you, you could very well he, be right. He says something about um uh yeah 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 here i just looked it up uh love uh contraceptives in the rain love this planet still at least i won't get pregnant never doing that again um it's from <laughs> season one everything changes the first episode of torchwood um, okay okay yeah it is in Torchwood. right so right, uh, right. you know yeah. he's apparently been pregnant at some point as jack yeah. which means as face of Bo, he could very easily have a Seems little plausible, Bo Mina. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether that would be human or not. And and the other thing is there's 
no reason to believe that Bomina would be especially long lived, could just yeah. very well be a normal human lifespan or, you know, some extended version of a human lifespan and yet still be outlived by the face of Bo itself. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and interesting sorts of things to think about. There's a lot of ways to explain, possibly argue um, for why uh-huh. he may or may not be the face of Bo, but I don't want to take up our whole time talking about it. What else, what do you have to say on the topic? And then I suppose we should move on. Um, well, just the fact that I love it so much. And I love that, I love that scene, just the way it is a throwaway, and it doesn't mean to him anything like what it means to the doctor. So you get the doctor and Martha when he says, the face of Bo, they called me, and you get their smile sort of drop, like as they realize what he just said. And then he takes off. And And the implications, right. And the implications of that, and their laughter about it. Um, Right, and and amusement, yeah. 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 And... Yeah, and the fact that they, kind of like us, are like, wait a minute, no, that can't really be. And then eventually they just kind of accept it, it seems. Um, or at least are amused by the fact that that's, you know, seems to be the possibility. But I like, too, the way that it kind of retrospectively adds meaning to all those encounters with the face of Bo. You know, because you realize, you know, then when you go back and watch Gridlock... You know, it means a lot that that's not just the... I mean, it meant a lot at the time that I think we both agreed that the face of Bo was a very sad death, you know, even when it was just mm-hmm. Bo. But now you go back and it's... So then, you know, we did... You even picked up on the notices or, or noticed the things like him calling him old friend. Yeah, you know? I, so, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then, you know, so it does kind of retrospectively add a lot more, you know, or, or like him having that kind of prophetic knowledge of the doctor's future, but you realize it's because they have this history together and he knows, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, if, if, if Jack as Bo is in, you know, new, new earth, new, New York and, uh, and the doctor and Martha, the doctor and Martha show up, he knows they're on their way to go meet him. He knows where they're going, and they're going to have this, you know, adventure with the master and everything. And that's where the whole you are not alone comes in. You know, so, like, retrospectively, it adds, you know, it gives you, it fills in those gaps that you kind of always had the sense with Bo that there's more going on here than you know. Um, And it totally, you know, works in that context, you know. And you kind of, I just like the way that these two, you never associate Bo with Jack, but then as soon as you make that connection, they just slot into place as one character. You know, yeah, it kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, it does fit to me, which is kind of, I think, why mm-hmm. I like it. Like, it adds all these thematic Yeah. Well, things. and even, even to the point of, and this is more of a Torchwood thing, although obviously it comes into Doctor Who 2 with, with the hand being mm-hmm. in its little preservation chamber, very Bo-like <laughs> structure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, it's just like what he later puts his own head in, in a yes, way, yes. you know, if if the two are indeed uh, yeah. one one creature. And actually, um, actually, there there is a theory. We will we'll come back to this later, but there we can maybe as we go on later in Doctor Who, there are very subtle and oblique references which could 
lead to a theory as to why it he turns into just a head. Um, so keep an eye on beheadings in Doctor Who, because I think maybe we can join a couple dots and theorize about that in the future. But, um, mm-hmm. but well, very, very, uh, for it, now, you know. It's good to know that that, that does um, come up. Uh, even if it's oblique and, and sort of guesswork, yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, I, I, I do like those sorts of things and, and yeah, yeah. And I um, mean, I, I like both Jack and Bo. I mean, yeah. I, I presume that we probably won't see Bo, although I guess there's no reason to necessarily think that there's a lot of time between now and 5 billion years in the future. I sure. suppose, you know, <laughs> yeah. there, there could be other Bo sightings except for the fact that they say they only meet. Mm. Um, that three the doctor times, yeah. and Bo only meet three times. That doesn't mean that there couldn't be other characters or companions or that you couldn't see him from afar or on a screen like we have, you yeah, know, before. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't know if he shows up again at all, the, the face of Bo, or I don't even really know what happens to Jack. I mean, I've gone and watched the second season of Torchwood already. Are you done it? <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, if he and the doctor ever come together again. So I, you know, I, I can't say definitively any of those oh things, gosh. but like the, 36 hours it's, later, you're it's done. nice that the possibility, um, exists. Hey, it knows more than that <laughs> slightly. Um, oh my gosh. it was like three right. days. Anyway, well, I, so, I, I will only tell you whether we'll see them again if, if you want me to, but I will just leave that if you'd rather, if you'd rather yeah. just let that unfold. You let, know? Let, let's let it, you know, and that's, well, we'll letting things unfold. Giles says a very similar thing about Angel. We'll have to see where it goes. I think, yeah, I'd, rather, exactly. I think I'd rather do that um, with, with Jack in the face of Bo at this point. Yeah. I, I, I did, you know, like I said, I looked up some information, but I don't think I ran across anything that tells me about future episodes. I think most of it was just, um, stuff I had already encountered yeah. or, or, mm-hmm. or either I knew and didn't realize it was a spoiler, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. but let's move on, uh, because we've got a lot to talk about and, yeah, I know. and that and, was just based on like a minute and a half of what well, I know, I know. Right. Yeah. It's like the very end of the episode. I'm well, not the very end, but like close to the end of the episode and Jack yeah. doesn't do a whole lot of other stuff during this episode. I mean, a, a few yeah, things. Yeah, and, character wise, and, yeah. And, and a few, you know, uh, but yeah, that's like really Jack's big moment at the end of the episode. Um, yes, yes, yes. But let's talk about Martha because okay. she... Um, she does a lot of stuff. <laughs> she does a lot of stuff and is, for for it being the finale of the season, um, uh-huh. I, I found it very interesting that they chose to focus more on her than the doctor himself. Even, I mean, yes, you get the pivotal, you catastrophic moment of everyone, you know, saying the doctor's yeah. name, but yeah, everything but, but that leads most, up to that I was noticing, is Martha. I was Sorry. noticing that. Uh, well, no, I was just going to say, I was noticing that, that like really until the doctor really turns back into his old self, which isn't until like 30 or 40 minutes into the episode, he really doesn't do much either. Like that last 20 minutes or whatever is kind of doctor focused, but mm-hmm. you know, the majority of the episode isn't, it's really Martha's story. Um, right. Right. So I agree with you. It's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, obviously the last time we saw her in, in the previous episode, 
she's walking away and the Takluthane are sort of flying through the air, decimating the planet and, mm-hmm. or decimating the people on the planet anyway. And, um, you know, she sort of vows I'll, I will return. Mm-hmm. So what do we see? We see her returning, yeah. you know, that's what we start with is she's arriving on this beach, um, in this sort of paramilitary gear. Um, you know, what, clear- what did you think of the, of the jump forward one year? Did that? I I wasn't expecting. Surprise! Yeah, wasn't wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't know. I kind of like that. I mean, we we. It's kind of bold. It seems to be in most of the episodes that we've seen, they happen either one right after another. You know, Mm -hmm. so I mean, obviously, there's like the two or this. This is sort of a three parter where they, you know, tend to follow right in line, but then. other ones, you just sort of there's some indeterminate amount of time. So, like, yeah. possibly they went on some other adventures, or it could just be they got in the TARDIS at the end of one episode, and the next episode we see them in the TARDIS going somewhere else. There may not have been a whole lot of time in between those two things, or we get some right. vague, you know, sort of oblique references to like, oh, how about you know when we were just on planet whatever you know like and and whoo glad we got away from those drop some alien name you know insert here um kind of thing so like definitely things happen but you don't get a sense of real time and real change in what's happened in the interim so like yeah um and i would say even like even like in the episode where they come back and and find out that instead of uh, where the Doctor and Rose, um, Ninth Doctor and Rose, come back and find mm-hmm. out that they've been gone a year rather than, you know, yeah. 12 yeah. hours. Like, even then, you don't, it's not the same sort of feel. Like, you, not a lot's changed. Yes, they, right. they, they've been looking for Rose. They think she's dead. Jackie's distraught. But the world hasn't changed. You know, it's not yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you know, all sorts of things like this. So I think one very interesting that, yeah, you have this very specific jump into the future. Um, also, I'm I'm not quite sure the significance of it being exactly a year, mm. um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. But but yeah, I I kind of like it. I like that they you know do show that it's become you know with, with some very you know you get that Stalin esque uh, statue you know huge statue. Um, yeah. You you get to see all of the fields of rockets and that kind of thing. Like some very yeah. some very quick but I think effective you know, visual aids to sort of show how things have changed. And then that dancing to the song, you know, I, (laughs) I, I, uh, can't decide whether you should live or you should die. You gotta love a villain who, uh, dances to pop music. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it wasn't quite as surprising as, you know, the classic song of toxic by Britney Spears. Um, but it had that same sort of feel, I think, you know, like, Uh yeah, just, He's celebrating. He's getting ready for his daily massage and trying to decide who his masseuse should be. And, and yeah. you know, um, obviously in, in direct uh, opposition to, you know, all of the terrible things that are going on out there with, you know, people dying and not even being allowed to move around, apparently, unless you have some special license like that you're a doctor. Right. Uh, right. Uh, you know, and that sort of thing. So um, I think, yeah, that was interesting and and i think it did a good they did a good job of showing um 
not just at the beginning, but throughout, but especially mm-hmm. to set you up right at that very beginning. I mean, it's like I said, you know, she's she steps onto the beach in this like paramilitary gear and, you know, clearly yeah. some part of like a resistance and they're signaling, you know, secretly at night to each other. And and, right. um, you know, she's asking for credentials and that kind of thing. And um, and everyone seems to know who she is. Another interesting aspect, actually, that I thought about, but I, I feel like I've been talking a while. So what what um, you tell me, what what's your thoughts about sort of the opening and, and the realization of what the situation is, I guess, and, and yeah, where no, Martha fits in I all of it? That that's all how I feel like it is a lot of um, like, you know, cramming a lot of exposition in in a way that doesn't feel. Like exposition, like how are you going to explain the situation? And you're right, they mostly do it visually. So by what Martha's wearing, and by you know uh, the the deserted streets and the and the uh, and even like that opening shot of apparently other planets. It's kind of weird, like oh, other yeah. planets yeah. monitoring Earth. You know, saying you know that this airspace is sort of off limits and and planet earth is closed. So we don't even really know who that is, but you get the sense that somebody mm. has an eye on what's going on and is, you know, broadcasting the fact that you know it, earth is sort of off limits, you know, because it's going through this crisis, right? So you get that sense of like a larger right context in which this is taking It's like when the universe this this, you know, uh you know the 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 solar system or the universe or whoever like there's a there's a larger community out there. Yeah, that yeah. This has impl- and it and it and it is true because the master's about to, you know, you know, extend this decimation from Earth to the rest of the universe. Yeah. So it makes sense that people would be sort of keeping an eye on that situation. Um, well, it's kind of like when. Um... Like here in the U.S., the the State Department issues, you know, like warnings about traveling in certain countries, you know, or, or yeah. you know, saying, you know, to avoid certain situations when you're abroad or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure many countries do similar sorts of things um, with those types of warnings. So um, that's right, what it reminded nice little, me of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's a nice little like just a hint of other, you know, mm-hmm. other people out there but we don't ever really see who it is. Um, it's sort of ambiguous, but I'm, I'm with you. I like the way I kind of like the jarring nature of that jump forward. Mm. Cause that's really unlike anything that's been in the show to this point that, you know, that it would open with. And I think the difference too, is like, even with when the doctor and Rose came back and it was a year later. Yeah. It's a year later for Jackie and for earth. But not for the Doctor and Rose. You know, we're with them. And for them, it's a day later. Whereas here, it's a year later for our characters, too. So that's a whole year that we haven't been with Martha or been with the Doctor. Um, So it feels more, I think, surprising. Um, So. Yeah. um, I like it, though. Yeah. Um, And and I would just say that it's it's quite hard to successfully pull off that sort of jump into the future for a TV show. Yeah. Um, there have been a number of them that I, well, and multiples by JJ Abrams <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that, that seemed to not quite work out as well. Uh-huh. I was not a big fan when, when um, that happened in alias, um, you uh-huh. know, lost had its problems when they started going back and forth in time, you know, v- versus the, 
flashbacks and stuff. But I yeah. mean, you know, when yeah. the, when they actually started traveling through time and that kind of thing, um, there was some problems. And then um, anyway, I don't mean to yeah pick on other shows per se but i just to point out that there there are times when that's very difficult to do yeah and it's a it's a risky move which is i think kind of why you have to admire it as it's it's bold yeah well, and, and, it, I, and it pulls and off I, you know pretty clean landing i think and i think it works here and 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 it may work partly because in the end they do come back like it's 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 seen as a wrong thing yes. that gets fixed in the end and so so it's not like it's not like they're trying to say, oh, all this stuff that happened in the intervening years and then trying to use exposition to explain what happened in those intervening years. Yeah. I mean, they do do that to some degree, but they show how how it wasn't supposed to be this way and, and that the whole time they're trying to fix that. So I, I like that. Um, so if we can move more than like three minutes into the show. Um, <laughs> if we if we could oh, maybe. Okay. If we could jump forward. Since we've Jump been talking, okay. Now for a half you, hour. we have to talk about we have to talk about Martha. Um, we do have to talk about Martha. So um, she's become a legend in the time, yeah, which I yeah. which I found is really interesting because well, there's a couple things, and this is you know this is um, what intrigued me about um, and why I I pose, uh, posited our our episode title today. You don't look like a killer to me because I think it's sort of um highlights you know that the idea of perception right the the idea mm. of um you know what what does a legend look like how does a person become a legend how you know and whatever and this whole time there's this legend that grows up around Martha you know who she is and what she's done and what she's going to do what she's almost prophesied that they don't ever quite use the word prophecy yeah. but like it becomes so um ingrained it seems in people's mind you know what her purpose seems to be in in doing these travels that you you know you almost get the sense that it it's like one more like it it's just waiting um you know one more generation of babies to be born until it becomes like prophecy you know so it sort of yeah. flips that switch and you know from from just sort of legend or myth or you know tall tale into actual right, right. like whatever and then we find out at the end that all of those things were wrong that she was actually spreading a legend of her own the whole time right. the right. legend of the doctor and right and and just that idea of the power of words and and that idea of perception of um making something real out of what you just think or what you want someone to think or, you know, a little mm. of each and, and, and that sort mm. of thing, the power of words. Yeah. And the power um, and the power of words too, you know, or of right. the word, you know, it, it makes me go right back to the Shakespeare code with the Carrionites yes, and all that yes. stuff about, you yeah, And know, I thought of that as well. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of see that as a little bit of foreshadowing that words have kind of a symbolic power in the way that, you know, her, story that she tells gets passed on and spreads, you know, sort of abstract things like hope, you know, but also the words have literal power too, because mm -hmm. of, you know, the way she's, you know, using this to literally pass on an instruction, you know, and, and that's something with yeah. the, with the use of the archangel network, they end up having physical, you know, mm -hmm. power too, 
mm-hmm. you know, they end up right, actually right. literally changing reality at the end. Right. So and and I like yeah, so, I I like that they have that sort of um, you know, technological or techno babble techno babble um yeah. you, you know, explanation of, you know, the implied being, you know, the master says, you know, is that your weapon prayer and and nobody yeah. Martha and the doctor don't quite dispute that but yeah. they give like a, a sciency explanation of what's actually happening no yeah. it's it's actually you know you set up this whole network of telepathic thing to control people but hey look it works two ways <laughs> you know like well and exact and so yeah the master all of his sort of his downfall you know all springs from his own you know action so like he sets up the archangel network he sets up the telepathic field um, you know, it, it's his use of the countdown. He says, I can't resist a ticking clock. And right. the doctor yeah. knows he can, which is why, like, he knows if we just time this for the countdown, you know, that's all we need to do, you know, because he's not quite unpredictable enough and insane enough. He's, you know, he he is pretty insane, but even he is has that classic villain thing of wanting to sort of, you know, it's not enough to just kill Martha in the street. He has to kill her, you know, at the perfect time with everybody watching. So it's going to prove his, you know, mess. So, so the, the way they're able to like exploit those things in him. So, you know, I, I know some people, there are complainers who don't like the climax of this episode. And, and, I think there are there's a there's a cheese sure. element to some of it that I can kind of understand, but when you do think about it, it none of it is arbitrary. It all springs from the logic of the characters and of you know, and of the way the 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 story is set up. So I think even though some of the effects are a little a little silly, um, it it does work overall. Um, yeah, well, so, and I'm so strictly talking, talking about the actual climax, like the rest of the episode. I absolutely love. Sure, um, so, sure. So yeah. specifically, getting back to Martha, you're, you mentioned the Shakespeare Code, and I, I thought of that as well. Um, the second watch through, not not necessarily the first time, but um, for a couple of reasons. One is because explicitly they talk about words and and the power of words here, and and yeah. and we talked about that, you know, during our discussion of the Shakespeare code as well. Um, I was trying to find the exact quote here where they, um, you know, where, where they're talking and, and, and the doctor, um, you know, the doctor's like, as, as if I would have her kill you, you know, as if I would tell, you know, tell her to kill. And, and, and she's going, you know, she's explaining sort of what, you know, she gives that laugh, like, ha ha ha. Oh, did you really think that I was looking for a weapon? No, it's, it's about words. It's about telling the stories. It's about telling the people, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, uh, I told a story. That's all. No weapons, just words. That's what, that's what I was trying to find. Mm. Um, but there's also that very interesting prompt, um, in the beginning when, when Tom asks her, is there anything else I should know? And she says, I also met Shakespeare. And that's yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't even think of that. You're right. I, yeah, they do point it out. It, it was the second time through after, you know, realizing that it all comes down to a story. And she has that phrase of no weapons, just words. It, you know, it was like, you know, that's a really sort of clever, clever, subtle way yeah. to get in there. Is there anything else I should know? It's not just like, 
like he yeah. at that point is us he's the audience you know he's yeah. the one yeah. that doesn't know what martha's been up to and doesn't know what she's been doing and it's i i think i'd only upon reflection and i i think it's subtle and and maybe i'm reading more into it than than was intended but no, i think that I really that's like an explicit that. callback yeah. to the shakespeare code and the fact that there is power to you know to the yeah, spoken like, word uh, of all the adventures she could have mentioned, that's the one that she mentions. Is the right. is the is the one who is the and, wordsmith and the storyteller, you and, know. And why I think it works so subtly as, you know, a sort of throwaway line is because it is an impressive thing to have met Shakespeare uh, yeah. in its own right, even without, you know, that being a theme. But I think I don't know, I, I just feel like that that almost has to be uh, an explicit I think um, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, touch on the theme there. But uh so anyway, so, you know, I I guess the other, so, you know, Martha is off doing all of this, um, you know, and creating this legend and, and we sort of find out what her end game is eventually. Um, and yes, there is that, you know, it's funny, we talked about, well, no, never mind. That's about the master. We'll talk about the master. Um, before we talk about the master, let's finish talking about Martha. Um, mm -hmm. A couple things. So. Um, with, with, uh, sort of the way that, well, when we get to the end, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, and even throughout, we get a few hints of everything that we've been talking about with Martha and her inadequacy issues, yeah. <laughs> um, so to speak, um, with the doctor and the comparisons to Rose, um, mm -hmm. and we saw it, you know, before, um, you know, we get them sort of obliquely, like from the master who says, you know, oh, days of old, you had companions who could absorb mm. the vo time vortex, which we know. And yeah. we know and we know that Martha knows yeah. uh, happened to Rose because yeah. she overheard yeah. the conversation between Jack and, and the doctor, um, you know, when they were preparing for Utopia. Um, but there's also that that great mo you know the great sort of conversation and, and confrontation almost not quite confrontation i guess but um, like it almost reaches that point at the end where she's half explaining half blaming the doctor for <laughs> why she's leaving you know yeah um yeah. and 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 then you know sort of at the end of there he says um you know martha jones you saved the world and she's yes i did I spent a lot of time with uh, with you thinking I was second best. But you know what? I am good. Yeah. Like, like, I like that she is able to find, like, she's still, yes, comparing herself to Rose. Clearly, second best. Well, who's first? Rose, right. second obviously. Second to Rose. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, we know that that's the comparison. And she's still comparing herself in a way. But, like, it's good that she can get to that point where she's able to... Uh, see herself for herself yeah yeah um, I, I think i think it even kind of throws the comparison out the window it doesn't have to be better or worse she can be good in her own way you know right right i'm not second to rose i'm i'm good i don't have to you know she did you know as much or more as rose did you know and yeah. even in a way she's a little bit favorably compared to Rose because the master kind of puts up Rose as, you know, she could absorb the time vortex and she like, you know, wiped out the Dalek fleet and, and is almost seen as this sort of, you know, vengeful God figure, you know, and, and I'm not right, saying right. 
Rose is bad and Martha's good, but then Martha comes right back with her no weapons, just words. That Martha doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. destroy in that way. That she, you know, uses story and and myth and and words right. to do, you know, her work. And well, and she stays completely human doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Rose actually couldn't handle having the time vortex. Yeah. The doctor had to take it out of her, or else she would have died. And you know, things could have gone completely haywire. So yeah. Um, and and we get, and not only that, but we see that she used it wrongly. She couldn't control it. Hence Jack, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. like, yeah. There's 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 plenty of things that are wrong with being able to absorb. And even that in itself is a wrong description. She couldn't really absorb it. So, so anyway, yeah, like I just think that that's a good place that she gets to, like you said, it, she does kind of throw out the comparison. Yeah. And, and I say this because yeah, and she is sort of empowered at the end. Um, yeah, no. And I, I wanted to bring this up definitely because I don't have t tons of, friends who've watched Doctor Who, but the few that I've talked to, and I, and, and I tend to discourage dis discussions because most of the ones that I have, they have, talk about have seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have, yeah, have seen, you know, all of it or yeah. most of it. And, yeah. and I haven't yet. So, um, the, the few conversations I've had is there's seems to be among people I know or have talked to anyway, a pretty nearly unanimous, um, opinion that, that Martha is, if not the least favorite, one of the least favorite companions. Um, and I gotta say, I'm, I've only seen two and I really liked Rose. Yeah. But I like Martha too. And, yeah. and so, you know, yes, there are times where I got frustrated with her and wanted her to not act the way she was acting in her sort of pining for the doctor. Sure. But, but on the one hand, you can understand why she did that. And yeah. on the other hand, I can't say that that's all Martha's fault. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the doctor does string her along in some cases, you yeah. know, in ways that aren't, uh, that you just simply can't blame Martha for. So, you know, she gets to the point. I was actually kind of surprised that she left after only one season, um, unless mm -hmm. she happens to return at some point. I don't know. Um, I've seen her in Torchwood. I, mm. I know that, um, she doesn't at least immediately go back with the doctor again. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and actually I do have to say, I quite liked her character in Torchwood where she came in. Um, in fact, of the characters in Torchwood, <laughs> I kind of liked her more than most of the other ones, um, the regulars. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, that's all to say that, that I think, I think it was a good leaving because I think I, I like that she sort of grew to that point where, we know that she still clearly has feelings for the doctor, but is adult enough to realize one that she has pursuits beyond him. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's not her be all and end all. And, yep. you know, um, and that's a good thing. And, and that also that being with him, that not only does she have good things away from him, but that being with him actually is not a good thing at this point. Like it, there's a point where it reaches, and a certain obsession or a certain, um, you know, uh, uh, regression even, yeah. uh, you know, of her own character. And, and, and I like that. I like that. Yeah, she gets and, to that and, point. And I think that, that 
again, that jump forward a year helps because you get to that, you get that feeling that when she goes back in the TARDIS at the end and he's ready to go, you know, mm -hmm. all right, where are mm -hmm. we off to next? For her to go right back to doing that would be a step back, that too much has happened, too much has changed. She's mm -hmm. not that same person that she was in Smith and Jones. That yeah, that... It would be evasive for her to just, you know, brush it off like he does as if the year kind of as if the year never happened it didn't right. happen but but it did also you know right right um, the year that never was like right. as francine said like th those things still happen i can still remember it that year is still right part of you know and what yeah. martha went through so um it, it would be wrong and for her to just went through on her own without it, the doctor yeah 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 yeah. yeah, no, and that's important that she didn't, she did that whole year on her own, you know, and, and I think people who, yeah, she does have these feelings for the doctor. Yeah, she does pine after him a bit, but that's hardly all she does, you know. It, oh, sure, sure. I think it's pretty blatantly untrue that that is, you know, in any way defining of her no, or what no. she's capable of. So, and I think clearly that's the point is that. She spends the whole year doing all of this on her own um, mm -hmm. and doing it pretty handily as well. So, right. you right. know. Yeah. Well, clearly, so I she, mean, she, even the doctor acknowledges that she saved the world. I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you. I, 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 I'm not in the Martha hating camp. I quite like Martha. Um, yeah. And I do like that. Well, and that scene and I, of her leaving at the end, it is very sweet and very poignant. And I, I, I and and I, I, hopefully I don't misrepresent anyone's. I don't know that anyone's come out and said they hate Martha. I, I think maybe there are people who hate Martha, but but at least it's been presented to me as she is the least of the companions in their right. eyes. Um, mm. You know, take that as you will, whether that's mm. hate or whether it's um, you know disabusement or whatever. I don't I don't right, know. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I, I like I like the point where Martha gets to and 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 that idea that she has been sort of surviving and come to into her own and chooses to go back and continue her, um, you know, studies and, and take her, uh, you know, courses or whatever, which, again, referencing Torchwood, we learn that she does eventually become a full fledged doctor. So, you know, mm -hmm. good on her. And. In Torchwood, she has um, a guy. I don't mm. know if they ever say who that is. The implication, though, with the phone call at the end, is that maybe there's something that gets struck up between her and Tom. Mm. Like, like she's at least seeing if he's out there still, and who knows if uh, that that's what ends up happening. But anyway, yeah. we'll have to wait and see if we ever know. I don't know. I, I'll leave that. I'll leave that unconfirmed. Maybe we will or won't find that out. But uh... yeah, I. Either way. Anyway, I think that I think that is implied at least. So, I mean, there there's definitely an implication that she's interested in knowing his whereabouts, which you yeah. know implies that she's interested in being near his whereabouts. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So we've covered two characters so far. Um. So right. I mean, speaking of Tom, I like Tom. He's cool. You sure. know sad that he gets killed glad yeah. that he 
gets reanimated in the time reversal. Um, yep. Okay. Good for cool. him. Done. Done with that. Um, Dougherty, um Interesting. Martha goes up and and forgives her at the end. Um, she mm-hmm. had her role to play. Um, interesting. You know, this is one of those sort of classic paradoxes, right? Like they chose her because they knew what she would do, but would she have ever done that if they hadn't chosen her? You know what I mean? Like, like they knew about her son. They knew she was sort of under the thumb of the, the master and had the technical abilities to get done what, and, and the proclivities to do what they wanted to be done. Yeah. And, and, and I like that Martha explicitly goes up and sort of forgives her at the end. Um, So, even though she has no clue, obviously, because she doesn't remember any of the stuff that happened. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, anyway, so good good on her. I don't think we need to spend time on much of them. Anything you want to say about Tom or, or Doherty? Am I saying that right? Do- Doherty, I think. Doherty? Yeah. No, no, let's forge ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> on to, I'm going to go with the master. Um, okay next is that cool go for it (laughs) um the master so we talked a little bit about how um he he sort of throws away the sort of conventional you know bond villainish type of things Mm. yet we see some of that happening here he's kind of picking it back up again (laughs) yeah it's like it's like after a year of being a sort of bond villain and having taken over the world and created his big weapons of mass destruction and erected his um you know, uh, statues and whatever that he, uh, I like that he's monologuing and then, and then Martha interrupts him like laughing, like, like, cause, cause, cause you're just, you know what the thing is? Cause I was going along with it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I was starting to feel comfortable in that. Like, okay, we're listening to like the villain explain his plan Mm. here. And Martha starts chuckling. And yeah. you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, this isn't what normally happens. Like, you know, it, yeah, like, you oh, this is ridiculous. Interrupted, yeah. and then you realize, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of is funny, like the stuff that he's going on about, and it, so that's good. I like that that they have her interrupt him, and that um, and that the 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 gun is sort of a a little bit of a MacGuffin. Like, it it's a red herring. Yeah. It it seems yeah. like such a standard sci-fi gun in four parts and then she's like All right, right if you right. believe that you're an idiot you know right you could totally see that being like a quest on a video game or something like you know it's yes, like very yes. much the i had to go to the four corners of the earth and you yeah know, yeah north south east and west and this is the last one and oh no he captured me and destroyed the gun before i could yep. get there um and yeah and it, it was like no that that was just the excuse the the real mission the real task and 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 it's and and that's the other thing is they had me with it. They did. I mm. I did not see. I was like, oh, OK, so. The, OK, I'm not, you know, quite sure. But yeah, maybe like, you know, one's like a tranquilizer and one, you know, prevents the regeneration. And, you know, one of these yeah. four things like they each have their purpose. And so you need. And then the doctor goes as if I would ever kill anyone. Yeah. And, and I'm like, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Of course he wouldn't. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So they totally got me with that. Um, yeah, and- I, I, it's been a while since I saw it for the first time, but I think they had me too. I don't think I was waiting for like the big reveal that they have some other secret plan or anything. Right, right. Because it seems like such a standard kind of right sci-fi exactly. plot, you know. Exactly. So I, 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 
I applaud that. I think that that was well done. And I, and I like that. Yes. The master gets interrupted in his monologue there mm-hmm. and, and, and you sort of get all of these, you know, just when you think, well, not even think, but just when you're seduced into the, you know, to that old way of doing things, you know, they do sort of change it up again. Um, and, and I already mentioned, you know, like the, the whole, the device of having, you know, this telepathic network, which, which is very similar to sort of, I guess, what the Cybermen had set up in a way, except they had devices in everyone's ears, right? Like mm, this yeah. global network, you know, that could talk to everyone um, or telepathically manipulate them or whatever. And, and of course, they'd sort of reverberate and, and, and do a sort of a feedback you know, loop on that, you know, in the name of the doctor. What just occurred to me, though, is, is did they do it in into the beat of the drum? It, it wasn't it wasn't that, was it? It wasn't the same sort of the doctor thing. I don't think so. when when they were saying the doctor's so. name, like it wasn't like a I don't think they did it in the rhythm that I can remember. Yeah, I, um, I didn't just think of that till now. So I wasn't paying but attention. I think, but I think that's kind of the point is that it cancels out the rhythm because right, at that it, point it breaks, every, it. it breaks that kind of spell because mm-hmm. even then when jack and like the others start to like everyone starts to fight back even the master's guards kind of join jack's side and help him like break the paradox machine so you get the idea that like this in right. this moment Lucy... the, the rhythm of four is stopped and mm-hmm. everyone sort of had that veil taken away that now they can see the master for what he really is, you know. Um, so the the fact that it's not in the rhythm kind of goes along with that, that it's fighting against it rather than that. It's like creating clarity rather than, you know, yeah. uh, you know, seducing people or or deceiving them or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Um interesting moment yeah when when the guards who previously shot jack to death <laughs> um right, you right. know are now with him and you know fighting against the Taklathane and trying to to yeah. get to the tardis um uh yeah so anyway so to finish up sort of the master though um you mentioned the couldn't resist the ticking clock and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you, and you mentioned that, yeah, like the doctor knows this, like that's, that's how they sort of, he's able to defeat the masters because he does know him. Like even, even though he has sort of changed and become new and whatever, like he still has his go-to, yeah, you know, uh, things. And it's, I really like that um, explanation of, of, you know, uh, what he says weapon after after weapon all you do is talk 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 um but over all these years all the disasters i've always had the greatest secret of them all i know you explode those ships you kill yourself that's one thing you can never do um and that's but that turns out even not to be right oh that turns yeah that comes back to bite him um it's almost do you do you even wonder does them saying that give the master the idea well, yeah, because you get the I, I idea that him dying is his victory in a mm-hmm. way. That's the only victory he can have because the doctor doesn't want to kill him. The doctor wants to save him. So the only way to right. to stick it to him is right. 
to kill him. And it, I, every time I hear that, I wonder, ooh, doctor, you know, you're kind of sealing your own fate there a little bit. That, you know. Yeah. Or like at it's least almost the like, master. <laughs> oh, you, you think you know me so well? Well, watch this, you know. Right, right, right. Right, this sort of very childish... Yeah. you know reverse psychology almost but yeah, not yeah, yeah. but like unintended you know reverse psychology <laughs> yeah. um and yeah and yeah you know he you know he he has that line then at the end when he is dying you know how about that i win i guess you don't know me so well um you know and he yeah. refuses and and so that's that's interesting from a sort of character thing and and yeah so he does die and um I also found it interesting that he that he that it was a choice like he was refusing not to regenerate. Yeah. Um and and I don't I mean I don't know how much knowledge there is about the regeneration process just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I know very little of it cuz I've only seen one and you know gotten little tidbits here and there but um the idea that it is actually a choice. It's not just like a reflex like I'm dying yeah. time to regenerate like yeah. almost as you know, I, I guess I was sort of thinking of it almost as if it was just sort of that reflexive action. Like it, like almost you don't have control over it. Just if you, if you have enough time and aren't dead enough, you will regenerate. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Like, right. like that, I, you know, clearly like we know that time Lords have died in the past. So something killed them you know in some way so clearly there's something that could prevent you from regenerating but but if right that but that you can happen, willfully hold it back yeah right. that's i think that's right. a new layer that was added in this episode that okay that it can it apparently is something that you can elect not to do right well which i find interesting because and and i suppose in a way like you could also just say you know well you know, time lords tend to regenerate just because they, you know, generally people want to live. But in that way, this, this does sort of become a suicide then, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. like, yes, you know, it was Lucy who shot him, but it, but it's his choice. It's his choice to actually die. You know, it's not, it's not even like euthanasia, you know, it's not even like he's so suffering so much that he makes the choice to die. It's, it's actual suicide. Like he could not die and be perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, and even like the doctor says, like it's one stupid little bullet. Yeah. Like this should be easy. Right. This is right. no big deal at all. It's like, like there's you know, no reason he shouldn't survive this. Yeah. Tying, you know, it's like dying from complications of a paper cut, you know, yeah, like yeah. To, to a time Lord, you know, that sort of equivalent type of thing. Yeah. Like this, this could, this is preventable. It's, you don't yeah. have to die here. So I don't know that that's interesting, both character wise and, and sort of from the, the larger mythos, um, mm. you know, of, of what it means to be a time Lord and, and what it means to be human even. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and, and you mentioned Lucy being the one to do it. You get that echo of Chantho, you know, that it's again, his female companion. Right. Right. The trustworthy Just, companion taking him out and and he even says always the women you know that he mm-hmm. kind of alludes to the fact but um right and well and she does have that one doctor that she throws in there um doesn't she yeah. say it once yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah she does you know, yeah where, where she just and, right. and so but, but, along with the guards you get the sense that whatever spell she's under yeah you know, is, although, is being broken although she's got that kind of 
dead look in her eyes that mm -hmm. I don't know how much she's, I mean, she does kind of join in in the saying doctor, but I don't see Lucy as, you know, joining the fight for freedom. I see her as a little off well, the rocker, you know, it, and that she, you know, she has this kind of nihilistic, you know, it, it, because it's like she knows if she was really on the doctor's side, she wouldn't be killing the master because you can clearly yeah. see that the doctor doesn't want him dead. But it's almost like she's so downtrodden and, you know, and she's got that black eye and that kind of just blank stare. Yeah. You know, there's kind of a, well, you know, defeatist attitude to her, which is a little scary. Yeah. And... <laughs> And there's a couple things there. So there's one, the, the journalist, right, um, who said that she was kind of dumb but mostly harmless. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, we find out she's not, in not fact, so harmless, mostly harmless yeah. or yeah. at least, you know, in that moment. Um, but also, yeah, you, you do sort of get the feeling, I guess, that she's sort of following whatever the uh, the the, you know, what's going over the satellites so to speak mm. so like yeah you know when the master was in control she was following that and you know when when everyone started saying the doctor she followed that so yeah so i guess you can say that but i don't know like it it's hard it's hard to say because we don't really get any explanation from her of why she shoots no and and i kind of like so, that that she's almost having her own little story in the background and she doesn't really say and she's so sort of She's so in the background that you hardly even notice her. But once you know the story of what she does, she's like having this whole drama in the background the whole time, you know? And right. it's really interesting to watch again and see kind of her, you know, you know, try to imagine what's going on in her head. And the fact that we don't get any explanation is kind of intriguing. I like that aspect of her character. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know necessarily what to do with that, but she is the one who shoots the master and mm. he chooses to die. And so I guess there's even the possibility that that she knew that would be what he wants. I don't know. Is that taking it even too far? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But Oh, could be. Th there's, there's, could it be one last act of devotion, maybe? Yeah, or that like, right? Like, like she knows, you know, that he's in the doctor's hands now, and that's the last place the master would ever want to be. Kind of like, you know, the um, the closest thing that just sort of popped into mind is at the beginning of Serenity when um, the Reavers get that one guy that Mal throws from the the mule, and and he shoots him, you know, act yeah. of mercy instead of yeah. letting him onto the or whatever but yeah like he you know he shoots him before the reavers can get to him like that that kind of thing like you know the master's in the doctor's hands now and and she knows yeah. he would never want to live that way so now he's you know she shoots him to sort mm -hmm. of spare him from that captivity mm -hmm. uh that the doctor kind of threatens him with in a way yeah um but i don't know i mean that's all conjecture i there's no necessary um inclination there we don't really know her motives for shooting him um, we can only yeah. guess yeah but we can know the doctor's motives for not shooting him and not trying to kill him 
Um, and then we have to move on. Yes. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, no, the, so the opening scene, well, I mean, there's a couple opening scenes, you know, with Martha and all that, but then uh-huh. like when we first sort of see the doctor and we see the signal, right? The three, which mm. apparently, apparently means three o'clock in the afternoon. I figured, I didn't figure that out. So I'm like, why are they saying three? Like, all yeah. and then I realized, oh, duh, the clock, it's 15, blah, blah, blah. Just not used yeah. to that uh, military time. But, uh-huh. um, the, uh, you know, they, you can sort of see that there's this resistance going on, but not real clear what the purpose of that was. Like, did, I mean, I guess, did, did the doctor know that he wouldn't be able to use the laser screwdriver? Or, I don't know. I like, don't know. Like, cause we, we know that there was this other larger plan with Martha. So you almost have to think that it was just a ploy to goad the master even further. Mm. Like, yeah. Like it's, it's lulling him into a false sense of security. Like, Right. It's it's it, it's a staged failed attempt at an escape to make him feel like he's in, in order, control. Right. In order well and and to get him, you know, uh showing the doctor to everybody on TV. Yeah. Which yeah. which would give uh, you know, veracity or verisimilitude to Martha's story. Yeah. Um you know, I that was yep. what I was thinking. Is like maybe, maybe yeah, that's no, why. I think I think that works. I mean, we don't. That's never stated outright, but I think that makes as much sense as anything else. You know. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like, like the kind of thing the doctor would do, <laughs> like uh-huh. you know, trick him into broadcasting, you know, some punishment on screen. A to kind of further the legend of you know, the doctor and, and even the master, you know, kind of put more data out there for how evil he is, but Mm. then also to kind of give the master the impression that he is, you know, more in control of things that he has the doctor well and truly beaten, you know? Right, 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 right. And, 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 and now that all of the people, you know, who saw that, have a sort of fixed idea of what the doctor looks like, mm. which gives them a better, you know, sort of telepathic, you know, yeah, res- yeah. resonance or something. I, I, I'm yeah. Because just making I think stuff that makes up. Sense, but... Cause the, the, it is such a kind of dorky little escape attempt. Like it doesn't really like what was really ever going to happen. So you kind mm-hmm. of have to wonder, is there a bigger purpose to it than just trying to get hold of the screwdriver? Right. Um, so yeah, so I I don't know I I do have to say so when uh when the master turns him you know however many I get I, nine hundred I guess is the right, implied right. Into the number little, of years little Dobby he, Doctor he, Dobby oh that's another command I thought he looked like a cross between like Yoda and Benjamin Button you know like um that was my uh my take on it but Dobby all is a good above. all of the yeah, above yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, the doctor spends a lot of the episode we sort of talked about um, just being, you know, just sitting there in, yeah, in like a, yeah. in, in his birdcage, uh, yeah. you know, and, and not really doing a whole lot. But, um, you know, when he does finally get to that point where, where he can move, um, the master just cringes, you know, like he, mm. this can't happen. This is, you know, beyond what's reasonable. Um and then, of course, the master is the one who 
made it happen in a way because of his yeah. tight controls. Um, yeah. And that moment of, you know, the doctor, you know what I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like I forgive you. And of course the doctor forgives him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. You know, and, I that, mean, and the forgiveness is the most, terrible thing because that's right. the thing that the master doesn't understand right right you know um but yeah oh so and that's all okay so yeah and then there's some craziness running around and and fighting and whatever a little bit goes here and there but but then you know finally the master dies and everything's over time has gone back to you know reverted itself for a year you know a year and uh and well and and but of course the american president is still dead of course uh, of course <laughs> it didn't go quite that far back um <laughs> the uh but what i really i guess found in cuz and all that stuff sort of stuff you would expect from the doctor not that i don't think it's um we're talking about but what i really wanted to mention yeah. was you get that final scene where he's standing there next to the tardis watching the jones family not going inside yeah He's yeah. still still not ready for the domesticity of yeah. it all. Um, yeah, but I like the little smile between him and Francine. That like they're they're cool now. They've sort of yeah they've there's reached a, their there's whatever. a quiet sort of reconciliation there. Yeah. Well, and and a apparent and a less uh, quiet one between her and Clive. Um, oh yes, yes. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I guess just just that that idea, and then and that's even before you you realize that Martha's not going with him. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's standing there waiting for Martha, um, and when she comes out, like you said, he jumps up and is ready to go. But that's interesting because before we've seen him just leave without Martha. Like you know what, um, you know what was the episode was it the Lazarus episode where where yeah yeah when you know he's, he's like. Drop her off. All right, you know, I I gave you your one mm. ride, you know, which kind of stretched out a little bit, but now I'm gone and and then he comes back, but yeah. like now he's standing around waiting for her but doesn't want to take that step into the house, right? Um which we saw with yeah. Donna, you know, same sort of deal, like he didn't yeah. want to go in um with her either and she also refused. Yeah, well we're getting a lot of rejection. I mean, this season if we started with Donna's rejection, um we're bookending with a lot of rejection because you kind of have the master who'd rather yeah. die than stay with the doctor. Um, and <laughs> right. I have to say, I David Tennant's performance when the master dies gets me every time. I think mm. he is so good. Um, mm. But uh, so that's very sad. And then you get both Jack and Martha. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, right. Yeah, Jack. Both of them saying he offers them places which they don't take. You know, so... It's like bam, 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 right in a row. Um, mm. You know, all these potential friends um, gone, you know, and of their own choice that they decide to go elsewhere. Um, and right. for and most, you know, the master aside, for good reason, you know, but. Um, well, and I was going to say, it's 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 for their own progress as characters. We get both from yeah. Jack and Martha. You know, yeah, Jack it's the is right like, thing to do. You know, Jack is like, you know what, it it's it's responsibility you know you were talking about responsibility and and this is my responsibility and i need to go take care of my team and and the same thing you know with martha it's you know this is and in order to be a responsible adult you know one i have 
this whole doctor thing that I'm working on too, mm. <laughs> you know, becoming a doctor that is not, you know, dating one. Um, but also, you know, like we discussed extensively about her character, just the growth that she had over the last year, sort of mentally and, and emotionally and, and that it would indeed be a regression for her to even go with him anymore. Um, mm. So it's, which is interesting because then what does that mean for the doctor? That he's the stagnant one. Mm-hmm. That in the last year or season, you know, what, however long, <laughs> you know, subjectively that he's been traveling around with Martha, yeah. that he hasn't grown that much or that, or that he has some growing to do, you know, whether yeah. maybe he has grown, but he still hasn't sort of reached some critical mass that both Martha and Jack seem to have reached. Yeah. Um, well, and what makes that even worse is that you almost feel like he could have because that's what he was going to do with the master was mm. maybe I've been wandering too long. Now I have someone to take care of that. The plan was, you know, I'm not going to be a ho- cosmic hobo. I'm going to, this <laughs> is, this is the only other time Lord in existence. And yeah, he hates me, but he's the only one I've got and I'm going to settle down and try to, you know, do something you know whether whether that would have worked who knows but that gets snatched away from him you know that there was a potential for the same kind of decision which martha and jack have made which is to stay and take care of people and be responsible but that's taken out of his hands that option you know right so right you almost get the potential for that decision which then gets squandered so now it's so then that's the question, you know, do, is can that potential be reached or was that it? And now it's back to same old doctor, same old lifestyle, you know, what does he say? Yeah. Back to the TARDIS, same old life, you know, that's that he ever doesn't doesn't ever really change that much. And it makes that potential for change all the more painful, I think. Mm. Um, sure. So. Sure. Well, sad. sad very sad <laughs> and then and then he crashes into the titanic yeah but, yeah um, and you get uh, another that repeat of the what what yeah. what yeah that's true that's true another echo of that um so. so we'll we'll have plenty to talk about uh when we talk about that episode although we'll we'll have to do our, our season recap before mm, yeah our uh before we start season four so yeah plenty of time to talk more about all of that yeah. Now we must grow ourselves and move on <laughs> and move. to Buffy. Yeah. Where would you like uh, to start? Where would I like to start? Um, well, I'm going to start with Faith. Um, mm. Interesting I think, choice. Yeah, because I think even though, you know, she's not like the undisputable main character of the episode, I think a lot of this episode and the themes of it have to do with her, you know, that all these things about trusting other people you know in the end it kind of comes down to a lot of faith's choices of who to trust Mm. um so Mm. uh yeah and you know so the catalyst is that this new watcher her new watcher turns up and i think it's interesting that with all the stuff we get of faith's mistrust of men um that her watchers are always female that before 
it was a female watcher that she had that was killed, right? And now that's right. That's right. And now we get another watcher for her who is also a woman. So kind of interesting that you know I wouldn't go so far as to call Faith feminist because it's not so much feminist as man hating, but um, <laughs> but she <laughs> right, there's right. a kind it's of, not a positive you know it's not of, a positive thing. It's more right. of, it's a negative thing. But um, yeah, yeah, but that's a kind of interesting element to her character that there's this kind of, uh, you know, element of only trusting other women. Although by the end of the episode, it's sort of mistrusting people, you know, not just men, but people. Um, well, we, so, we, we did talk, sorry, I just was going to say, we, we did yeah. talk too about sort of the little we know about her background, you know, with her mother having died and not having yeah. you know she dropped out of high school and stuff like she doesn't have friends just very many of them in general if any at this point at all and now we hear about past boyfriends or or man companions whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them you know and and they seem not to have gone so well either so yeah 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 um, yeah no she's telling because they're talking about boy stuff and um and she kind of says like Basically, all her, you know, relationships have gone badly and that she's a loser magnet. So now it's get some, get gone, you know, which is kind of a sad way to look at, you know, that's sort of the way she's only a little cynical relationships. (laughs) Um, And uh, interesting, too, that when her watcher does turn up, you know, she says, I have a problem with authority figures. They end up kind of dead. So it's kind of interesting that her problem with authority isn't just like a rebellious thing. It's it's a protective thing that she's mm. she's nervous of authority because you know, kind of like kind of like her relationships, not just because she doesn't like people, but because they always go bad. You know that relationships mm-hmm. end badly and her authority figures die. So, you know, it's a kind of self-protective thing that she's you know that she's put this barrier up um so we kind of get a little bit of insight into her sort of why she has that kind of prickly nature and everything um and another thing i noticed was again like contrasting the beginning and the end of the episode that when post goes to her apartment and she sort of answers with the stake at the ready you know and 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 mrs post kind of points out the fact that like why are you doing that if it's a vampire they're not going to come during the day and they're not going to knock like you know you kind of get a peek into faith's paranoia a little bit you know like an mm-hmm. almost paranoid distrust of people um that it's going to be a monster at her door every time um but kind of interesting at the end that when Buffy comes to see her, she says, come right in. Like, it's almost like she did learn something from Post a little bit. Like, that was a lesson that she listened to was, you know, you don't have to answer the door this way. But undermined by the fact that now she's not willing to trust anybody except herself. You know, that she completely rejects Buffy's, you know, offer of trust and friendship. Um, yeah. And now, you know, it's not just I don't trust men. It's, you know, I should have known not to trust people 
you know, mm. and I'll know better next time. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a interesting, interesting that she lets people enter in freely only when she sort of decides, okay, from now on, only trusting number one. Um, so I don't know if any of that, if, if you agree with any of that, my interpretation of her. Yeah, no, um, I think, I think you're spot on. And for on, her too. I mean... I mean, it's not a character growth. It is that kind of regression a little bit that she's becoming more and more isolated, I think, by the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, and you have to wonder. I mean, so we've already sort of... We haven't seen a lot of Faith, but yeah, we already sort of got the impression that, you know, she is that sort of loner. So yeah, you have to wonder, is it is it because of other people, as she sort of seems to imply, or is it... Or is it because of herself or is there a mixture of things? You know, she's kind of right in a way, like who does she have to trust? I mean, she gets left out of meetings. She, um, you know, Buffy is lying to everyone, not just to her, but you know, the one person who's supposed to be watching over her and taking care of her turns out to be a raving lunatic, (laughs) you know, intent on trying to kill her and calls her an idiot. And, yeah, you know, like so. On the one hand, you, you know, there's it, it. It's almost a chicken and egg problem because you know she's had so many things go wrong. You can understand why she becomes mistrustful, um, which is you know sort of what Giles says about Buffy, right? Is you can understand why she did what she yeah. did, even if it's ill informed, and and. Like, you got to take that and you have to times it by, you know, about 100, you know, if you're going to apply mm-hmm. it to faith. Yeah. Um, there are things that have legitimately gone bad. She's not the one who killed her watcher, but her yeah. watcher died because she wasn't able to. So, you know, you can understand the sort of the separation anxiety that she might mm-hmm. be feeling or or um, that's not the right term. That's kind of the opposite of what I mean. You know, the 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 the, you know, idea that that why bother becoming attached when, you know, something is just going to go wrong. Um, yeah. And oftentimes it is because another person is untrustworthy, but then the simple fact that she doesn't trust people may just perpetuate that or even have caused it to begin with. Like it's, we don't know enough about her history to, you know, make that determination for sure, but you can sort of see it at least as a perpetual thing. You can understand why she's, skittish but you can also Mm. understand that it's not going to get any better unless she chooses you know to have faith in other people um yeah so to speak so yeah no i think i think what you you're saying is 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 five by five i think you're reading it loud and clear um which just just a moment so clearly that she's used it enough already i think you can see that Uh that's her sort of stock phrase um just by way of reference, it it's um, actually a communications response. It refers to a signal to noise ratio in like radio communications and that kind of oh. thing. And 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 it um, it means something along the lines of you know I read you loud and clear. Like okay. you're you're, yeah. you're giving you're giving a strong signal. Yeah. And and sort of um, you know by extension means everything's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're good here. Mm. How are you? Interesting. Um, so that, but yeah, that's her, that, you know, for whatever reason, that's her, her phrase. And that's her phrase. Right. And it's interesting that it's a, 
a communication sort of metaphor that like mm. you know yeah right right yeah. and yeah yeah especially in when it seems that well for one buffy doesn't seem to understand what it means <laughs> you know she's like okay yeah. I'll, ter- I'll interpret that as good <laughs> you know i mean i i guess yeah so um, sort of by definition they don't read each other loud and clear right because they're right. not even really using the same language right and and faith almost tends to use it at least i think and and i think we've observed she tends to use it as a way of cutting off communication but you know it's like someone who just says fine i'm fine yeah yeah, which yeah. typically means leave me alone and stop asking me questions or and something the fact like that. that it and the fact that it is kind of an obscure term you know it's almost there's a level of like superiority to it like it's a slang it's mm-hmm. a it, it's a slang term that i'm the only one who really kind of yeah. knows what it means you know well although i mean she is from boston which is a harbor city so you know yeah and, no and, and i don't mean like class superiority i just mean like that it, it the fact that the others don't know what she means by that, you know, right. means that when she says it, she's not being clear, you know, mm-hmm. that it's something that she's kind of working on one level and they're working on a different one, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for for where she is, people are definitely not used to hearing that. So, yeah. Um. anyway, so no, um, I, I think you're right to, to sort of, it, it's a big we get more about faith in this episode, I think, than we get in previous ones where we've seen her so far. Um, Um, so yeah, the other thing I think to note about her is, um, the way she's kind of, again, contrasted to Buffy that, uh, I think Willow says in the intervention scene that, um, when it comes to angel, Buffy can't see straight and with faith, you kind of get the idea that when it comes to Angel or when it comes to vampires, she kind of can't see straight. That she's, you know, if Buffy's blinded by love, Faith is sort of blinded by hatred a little bit. That, yeah. you know, she... I would say more than a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's out... That she... I mean, Angel, I think even Buffy would agree, you know, is far from innocent and has killed people, but but Faith uses him as a scapegoat. For, you know, even, I mean, even Xander, who is more than happy to, you know, egg her on, even when he points out that this, this attack on, of Giles isn't Angel's style, that, you know, it, 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 it's, Angel might be a bad guy, but he didn't do this. Um, she completely blows past that. That, that's irrelevant at this point. She's sort of set on her revenge um and she's gonna get it and then again you can understand i mean when she gets there and sees him standing over mrs post and it's another demon killing another one of her watchers you can hardly blame her when she says like i can't believe how much i'm gonna kill you right now but (laughs) but you know leading up to that she's you know out of her own sort of feelings of rejection and anger you know, we'll just take whatever anger and, you know, violence she wants and place that on Angel. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and not just any old, I mean, if she's spoiling for a fight, she could just go out there and find any old vampire to kill, but that she's willing to do that to someone that is, you know, that Buffy has personal involvement with, that 
that that's almost an affront against Buffy, you know, that it, she's going to go out and seek Angel in particular. Um, you know, I don't think she thinks of it that way, but I don't mean she's deliberately hurting Buffy, but, um, but it, it's more than just she needs to go out and pick a fight. It's that Angel is sort of representative of people you can't trust. And so it doesn't matter whether he did this or not. I'm going to go out and get him. Um, mm. So. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, which I think well, is deliberately set up against Buffy, who can't see straight in a different way. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's definitely an interesting um, analysis. And, and I, I don't know that I've ever quite looked at comparing them in, in those same way, the, the, the being blinded by love versus blinded by fate or blinded by faith, <laughs> blinded by hate. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things I, I wanted to point. So as far as her not um, being called to like the meeting with the Scoobies and stuff mm -hmm. and, and um, but what is she doing? She's sitting in her room by herself, right? Like, yeah. you know, there, there, there's, it's sort of that, it's still that two-sided coin of, yes, they didn't go out of their way to invite her, but at the same time, where, what, like, would they even have known where to look? I mean, I guess Buffy knows where she lives, but right. they were waiting to intervene on Buffy's behalf. Does anyone else even know where she is or how to find her? You right, know, at that right, point, right. like, we, we don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. It's, it's ambiguous to us. Um, but the other thing is, like, we don't, like we know that Faith has dropped out of high school. We don't know um, exactly how old she is or when mm. she dropped out. Did she drop out before she was a Slayer? After she was a Slayer? I mean, she hasn't been a Slayer that long. Right. You know, the summer plus a few months now. Um, you know, so certainly less than a year since Kendra died. Mm. Um, and And so... It's hard to know how old exactly she is. She doesn't try to matriculate to Sunnydale High. Like, right. she hasn't tried to integrate into the culture. The sense that, you know, and she's living in a temporary housing, you know, pay by the day kind of place or by the week or whatever it is, you know. So definitely seems to be acting like a transient sort of person, right. you know, here. Like, you could almost understand why the others aren't including her or even wonder if they're capable of including her if they don't know where she is. So, yeah, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I took it was like they called the meeting during school and she's not at school. So it, almost and it was kind of like, a rush job it, based on it information even, they just learned. It might not even have occurred to them. Like, it's not like they had to go contact each other because they're all right there anyway. Right. Um, and she and wasn't but, around when not, Angel, you know, was bad before. Maybe they're just not thinking right, about right. her at all. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it is that thing of you can kind of understand why she wasn't included. And you can also understand why she would feel rejected, even though it's not like they went out of their way to exclude her, you know. Right. right. Um, but like that kind of how that sort of misunderstanding comes about, um, you know, she completely takes it not in the way it's intended. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, maybe if she, I mean, yeah, what does she do during the day? Maybe she could be helping Giles in the library rather than sitting in her apartment. You know, right. there are, there are things she could, or she could be trying to go to high school or whatever. Like there are other things she could be doing than yeah. sitting around moping about how she doesn't get included in anything, <laughs> you know? 
Right, right. She sits around and watches syndicated TV, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like old movies and, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so I think, yeah, definitely some good, good stuff about faith in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're, so, okay. Wh- who's the contrast to faith or, or do you want to talk about, um, Gwendolyn? next well i mean i guess we might as well just talk about gwendolyn because she's the watcher in question um and i think she and faith are kind of set up against buffy and giles you know as a pair yeah Um, although although she of course turns out to not really be another one of these you know villains hiding in plain sight kind of thing um Mm -hmm. so did did you see it coming before I, she picked up the thing and being Giles over that. Damn it. They get me every single time. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Um, when did I, I mean, I guess I saw it coming right when you're supposed to like right, right. before she hits Giles with the, you know, right when he kind of says, well, we should destroy it. And she goes, destroy it. And then you go, Hmm, you know, mm. uh, but I didn't, I didn't call it until like right before she, Sure. revealed her hand um but you know and i don't know maybe this one was a little bit more subtle i don't know that i don't know that there are a lot of clues because didn't we kind of know we're waiting for a watcher anyway um giles said something before about like faith can stay here until her watcher until a new watcher so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that kind of sucked me in because it seemed like oh okay here's the new watcher um mm. And she's sure. sort of she's sort of pompous and British in the same way that Giles is, um, <laughs> although more so. So um, <laughs> yes, he's become too American. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he is. Um, so I mean, I wasn't crazy about her, but neither's Buffy. So you know, it didn't tip me off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what was your clue there? When Buffy asked to kill her. <laughs> Yes, can we kill her? Yeah. <laughs> can we kill her? Yeah. Um yeah, no, no. I I I I mean, I've seen this several times now. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I would be surprised if I saw it coming. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't think I probably did. Um, yeah. You know, so I I think it it's pretty effective and I think you're right. There's not much clue until that moment before she picks up the light yeah. or whatever it is that she uses to hit Giles over the head with. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than that, I'm not sure um, what else. I mean, I, I didn't really like her, so I'm kind of glad that she's not the permanent watcher because, <laughs> you know, I don't really fancy having her around too much. So yeah. So, so you're glad the lightning disintegrated her a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think she's clearly a ploy to, you know, bring about the the dissension and, um, you know, some of the changes that we see or, or evocations of character that we see in Faith and the others. So, yeah, um, I don't know that that Gwendolyn Post herself is that important, although um, interesting that she wasn't a complete fraud. She was at least a watcher, knew all of the procedures for being a watcher and all of that um, at some Mm. point, it's just interesting. um, I think 
more from the perspective that, you know, watchers are humans too. They yeah. can become corrupted and turn evil just like potentially any other human can. So Yeah, um, you kind of get another case of just like Giles and his friends. You get or or Amy, you yeah. get another case of magic, you know, being abused, you know, that you know, for people who are working with it, it can easily lead to you know, in the wrong hands, uh, you know, it, it, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't seem to be an all bad thing, but it can lead, it can tempt people into, you know, getting a little bit carried away. So makes sense that in the study of magic, you're going to have a few people who, you know, dabble and get themselves kicked out of the Watcher society and everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, exactly, I, and I like that, the council. Yep. Yeah, and I like that that I, I they swear there was a memo <laughs> that, that like <laughs> right, when right. they when they kick someone out, they send a memo to all the watchers that says FYI, <laughs> if this person well, turns up, they are officially kicked out. You know, right, and and yeah, even that sort of elucidates a, a little bit some of the, um, you know, idea. You know, there's there's enough of a watcher's council for there to be bureaucracy. So you almost have to start wondering at this point, if you haven't already, how many watchers are there and where, where are they? If it requires a memo, like clearly it's too big, you know, to, for, for all of them to receive phone calls. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and and, they have, you got a hint of that before with their retreats and everything that it does. It is very, it does seem very bureaucratic there. Well, and who exactly are they watching if both Slayers are in Sunnydale? Well, and how many Watchers do you need if you are only supposed to have one Slayer at a time? It seems we have a surplus of Watchers. So, and, and so that those are all interesting questions, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not that I'm trying to lead you. No, no. I but, think uh, those just... are. I'm I'm asking those questions too. Yeah, like um, maybe they go on retreats because they don't have anything to do because. <laughs> The only Slayer well, is in Sunnydale, or only two Slayers. Right. So, so, so I, just because we've already talked about Kendra a bit, I will just say we, we did get a hint a, a bit of what they do. And, and some of that is that um, Kendra knew she was chosen before she actually became a Slayer, right? Because we get the right, idea right. That, that she was brought up, um, you know, with a Watcher well before Okay. Buffy died. Um, okay, and- so they could be they could be training or or watching or recruiting um, potential replacements for the Slayer or something like that. Which is kind of a macabre idea, if it's, you think yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. You know, right? Like how many? If 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 say every, say for every Watcher out there, they've got some protege tucked away in case Buffy gets killed. You know. Right. And and. Who decides who the next one is? Is there sort of competition between the Watchers to get the next Slayer, you know? Makes well, you and, and, you know, do we even know how they're chosen? You know, right. evidence suggesting that it's not always the Watchers who do the choosing, considering, one, Buffy was chosen out of the blue. And yeah, it seems yeah. that Faith was as well. We don't, we don't really know enough of Faith's background, but you don't get the same sense as you did with Kendra, that right? That she was like raised, knowing she. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, she seems like Buffy. Like it came as a surprise to her. Right, right. 
Only she seemed a little more grown into the idea of going around kicking ass. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway. No, that's more appealing. She's got um, her anger issues to take out on some monsters, so... Yeah. And and I didn't necessarily mean to go on that digression of, about watchers, but I think I think now that we've seen another at least former watcher at this point, um, yeah. you know, we, we can start piecing together some of that idea of what is this council and what do they do and and, you know, those sorts of things. Um, yeah. But we should probably talk about the watcher we actually know a little bit about okay. uh, more. So, Giles, yes. what, uh, uh, that's Giles, what are your thoughts about who's... Giles here? Giles, who's too American, <laughs> um, and I kind of like yes. I like his how frazzled he gets by Mrs. Post. He gets very defensive about you know, right the job he's doing and Buffy and everything. Um, so, um, I yeah. So I guess the main thing with him in this episode is, you know, we've seen Giles this season be very unconditionally supportive of Buffy but here you get a little bit of pushback that even though he says he can understand why Buffy made some of the choices she did that they're understandable even if they weren't the right choices he doesn't really let her off the hook um I mean he kind of you know a little bit defends her from the from her friends but um but he pretty much rips her a new one when they're alone and, mm. you know, kind of lets her know that you, you know, I, I, he's personally offended because it's not just, you know, it wasn't just the questionable nature of her choices, but the fact that, you know, that this had personal implications for him, you know, that, you know, Angel, you know, tortured Giles and killed mm. Jenny, we should remember. And and <laughs> which Xander not so kindly reminds Buffy. Yeah. Of. Like so there are a lot of reasons why Angel being alive isn't just meaningful to Buffy. It's very meaningful to Giles too. Mm. Um yeah, you're right, right. And the fact yeah. that she didn't tell him is um seems to be choosing you you could read that as her choosing Angel over Giles. Um mm -hmm. when Giles has really shown himself to be very supportive and understanding and trustworthy. So, um, yeah, well, so, and it, yeah, and he it, kind of tells her off, um, in, in our discussion about trusting people, you know, with regard to faith too, you know, again, it's this, this idea of, you know, are you creating your own? Well, and, and we've talked about secrets and how things tend to go badly with secrets in general, but yeah, this is, this is more than just, you know, teenager making a stupid decision and he's kind of irritated by it. It's, it, you know, it's now become almost a pattern that he sort yeah. of points out that you're, you don't respect, like, you know, it's one thing to sort of forget or to want to wait a little bit, but, but now you've gone, at least it seems like you've gone over that and, and you've completely done away with any, respect you may have had or or at least yeah. i thought that you had you know for yeah for what yeah I it's am. not just it's not just oh you screwed up you made a mistake it's you do not respect me and it, that seems to be like a definitive statement like not just this week but right in general you have no respect for me yeah um, yeah i, I you know. and i like that he i mean he wasn't equivocating 
he wasn't even really blaming like you know willow gets so upset about people not using i statements but yeah giles does a perfectly fine example of not using i statements and yet still not really blaming he's just yeah. stating fact yeah, yeah it's saying, more of a it's more of a statement than anything else yeah yeah very um and and I, you know i have to say i don't know whether that's going to come back up like next week or whether they you know forgive and forget or whatever but Buffy didn't seem as bothered by that as I would have thought she would, you know, that, hmm. you know, and, and I kind of wanted, I mean, she felt bad, but she almost seemed to kind of, she didn't really seem to respect that she was kind of joking about it. Like, you know, oh, you're not in Giles' bad books or, or, oh, you know, how many, do you think killing this demon will, you know. Right, as a peace offering. As a peace offering, you know. Right. Yeah. And that didn't necessarily seem to take as seriously what he was saying to her. And and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that she doesn't respect him, but the way she responded to that made me think, well, maybe she doesn't, you know. Does she really take what he's saying that seriously? And so I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's a good question. I I think I've always sort of taken it on face value, but I, I don't, I think it's worth asking that question and seeing <laughs> what happens from this. No, I mean, cause that's a good point. Cause I don't, I don't know that I've looked at it from that perspective. And you know, cause the other thing that I was thinking of just as you were talking is even at the end, after everybody knows Angel's still alive and whatever, and they're sort of okay with it now, but you know, only because they know they haven't, slept together yet and you know lost his soul um when buffy's talking to faith she's still insisting that she had to keep the secret i had it was yeah it was something i had to do so that's a good question because you know with regard to her respect or or perhaps lack of it with giles you almost wonder if she still even is thinking of herself as having done something really wrong Mm. Um, because of that conversation with Faith where where she's still defending her action yeah. of having kept the secret. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a that's a very interesting question. So, yeah, let's keep keep looking at it. Yeah, no. And I, I hadn't really thought about it quite in those terms, but I kind of noticed that, too, that in the end, she does defend it to Faith, that she doesn't see it as... Yeah, and you kind of wonder, I had to keep, well, why? Why did you have to? I don't think that that's at all proven, that she had to, you know, I mean. Well, maybe, I, I mean, maybe, I mean almost again, the opposite at under, this point. Not is, that you can't understand it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's at all a sure fact that um, that she absolutely had no choice, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think, in fact, the episode demonstrates that the opposite is exactly the case that that even when they find out and even in the circumstances which leads them all to be pissed off upon finding out except willow who's a separate case and we can talk about her in a minute um i think it's demonstrably true that she didn't have to keep that uh a secret at all um yes people would have been angry and maybe they wouldn't have understood initially but she's not giving enough credit I think, because even Xander at the end, 
you know, says, okay, maybe I overreacted a little. Yeah, yeah. And you, Giles, you know. too, and Giles to Mrs. Post says, you know, I found the glove. A friend of Buffy's is keeping it safe. So even on the one hand, while he's telling Buffy, you are not respecting me, that doesn't mean he still doesn't trust her judgment. That clearly he is right. because he's letting Angel sit there with the glove. He must well, believe and, her to some extent that Angel is back and is more or less himself again. Right, right. And that so and that he, he realizes does, he does seem to believe her, you know? And that he realizes that his antipathy is towards Angelus. Yeah. At least right. intellectually he realizes that. If yeah. emotionally it might be hard to come no, to No, and I, and I think I think you're right. That does sort of prove that she isn't really giving them the credit that that they've earned, I think. Um, so, you know, going back to your soul triptych idea and, and your <laughs> insistence upon, you know, the idea of secrets being one of those seemingly repetitive things that um, causes issues mm. among the Scoobies. Um, yeah, it, it. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, and especially with the complication of faith, as we've discussed um, and, and her uh, trust issues. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, so ah, well, speaking of the soul triptych, what about, what about Xander and Willow? Um, uh, they're, they're having their own little triptych. Well, dip, yeah. diptych, I guess so it would be. <laughs> um, that sounds kind of wrong, but okay. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well you get, I mean, yeah, who, which one do you want to start with first? I mean, they're I both kind of equal offenders here. Yeah, um, seriously. Um, well, I mean, I, I have, I am pleased that Xander isn't so uh, blindly hateful that he didn't stop and say, wait a minute, this isn't Angel's style. Like, you know, Xander's not... He's not all that bad. Like, yeah, he is immature. Yeah, he does get carried away. But, you know, he is at the well, end of the day on Buffy's side. Um And 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 yeah, realizing that, you know, A, Giles is not dead and B, he's not a vampire. So like yeah. it probably wasn't Angelus. <laughs> yes, yes. So he's not yeah. he's not so out of his mind that he can't and he does put Giles first. You know, that he he does want you know, revenge against Angel, but that's not number one. Number one is still, right. you know, the safety of his friends, which mm-hmm. for Faith it isn't. For Faith, you know, more important than seeing to Giles is to go get Angel. Um, so you can right. see, killing even, things, though, yeah. even though Faith and Xander are allied for a little bit, in that moment, they're, you know, you can see the difference between the two of them, that they have different priorities. Um mm. So, you know, and, you know, you do get Xander at the end, like you said, acknowledging to Buffy that, yes, I got carried away and, you know, and I do trust you. And I realize that my getting carried away was my fault, you know, that it's he's not putting all the blame on Buffy there. Um, yeah. Which is good. Um, but he is still, you know, being his kind of hypocritical self with her in that earlier moment because you get him saying things like what you just tripped and fell on his lips and you're like oh my god Xander you can talk you know right he's he's right gonna have to one of these days he's gonna have to pay for 
all these well, blaming statements, which he's putting on Buffy, which are going to just turn right around and bite him. I know it. And, and, and it's the same, you know, as with, uh, 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 you know, previously with Dead Man's Party, right? When, yeah, when yeah. we're we're seeing Xander's wit becoming really caustic and incisive. I mean, yep. it's 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 you know, he's he's quick with the pun, but he's just as quick to cut you out. You know, like to yeah. to 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 really give you a good lash. And 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 I, yeah, he, it's very frustrating because he he drops that Miss Calendar bomb right on it too mm-hmm. like i mean he's he he's always taking the one step he knows how you to know, hit you further. where it hurts yeah 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 um and i'm surprised that he didn't the the one thing that i i was surprised he didn't bring up was buffy gets offended like oh you were you were following me you were watching me mm-hmm. but actually xander doesn't follow her he runs into angel and follows angel follows and sees angel, buffy right. yeah. so like he no in fact i wasn't following you right I, yeah he doesn't i was doing there yeah i was you know going to the cemetery to collect the glove and ran into angel taking the glove and followed him yeah. to see what was up yeah and found you at the end or at, like yeah. that's perfectly like that's the sort yeah. of thing that i would have expected from him but he doesn't even bring that up um which you know is fine like they still have their argument and and whatever like it's but yeah like his I don't know. It, it, really interesting, but you're right. He, 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 there's an element of truth to almost everything he says in those moments, but there's also that element of it, like he's bending the truth just a little bit to fit his argument. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and especially with the, oh, you tripped and, you know, kissed his lips well clearly that's not what happened but like you said you're not one to talk at least neither buffy or angel are seeing other people (laughs) you know what i mean like like they're two consenting all right well buffy's not quite adult yet but you know she's 17 at least Mm. they're two consenting older people who you know at least are free in those sorts of ways you know an obligation free um so yeah very very caustic and and yeah not xander's shining moments as a human being um Mm. Um, yeah and i mean so willow's interesting because i mean xander kind of takes all that and is kind of hypocritical with it that he blames buffy for the very things which you know which you could turn right around on him whereas willow has a little bit more self-awareness of what they're doing and goes out of her way to be understanding, to not blame anything for Buffy because she knows <laughs> yeah. it could all be turned right around on her too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So but you, you get also, her kind of, sorry, go ahead. Well, you get the things of her, um, you know, trying to kind of not as a contrast to dead man's party, not wanting to, get you know to get on Buffy's case about having secrets and to be having secret relationships you know that mm. she wants to kind of you know you, you know that Willow's waiting for her to get found out so she wants 
everyone to have the same understanding that she's having right, it for Buffy. Right. You know, and that's so it. Yeah. secrets are good. There must be a reason why we're keeping them, right? Like, it's, you know, I'm not going to judge you so that when it's my turn, you won't judge me. That's how I read it. Right, that. exactly. She's she's looking for preemptive forgiveness in, yep. a, in a way. Like, yeah. it's if if it's okay if i can forgive you now then then, then you'll maybe forgive i can me. be for, yeah um, it, it, it's almost like and maybe no maybe we don't even need bit. to bring it up yeah yeah no i think that's right yep um yep and um, uh and it's funny to, for her it it is funny to have her kind of talk about you know why are is it sexier to have these secrets and stuff because you almost get her kind of kind of rationalizing the thing we were calling into question like why when you guys could have been doing this all along are you doing it now um and you get that idea that because it's forbidden because they are it's because they're seeing other people that at least for willow that that seems pretty clear yeah 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 like by the questions that she's asking buffy about well and, and xander too because willow we've known that he that she's had a crush on Xander. So if it was up to her, they would have been doing this all along, you know, but Xander, again, it's right back to that thing of it's because it's not the person that's right in front of you. That's sexier that, you know, Mm. you know, that Cordy isn't sexy anymore. She's comfortable. She's expected and familiar. That's his girlfriend. Whereas now, you know, it's Mm. because Willow is forbidden in a way that becomes a little bit more exciting. Um, you know, and I think that's in there for Willow too, or else she wouldn't be talking about it, you know, in those right. terms. So, um, you know, again, not that that excuses anything, but you can kind of see what it is that they're, why it is that they're continuing to keep this up, that there's an element of excitement about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, um and, and, so just in the last few minutes here, maybe we can even talk about Cordy and Oz because mm. one of the interesting things I find about this episode is that neither of them are in it much. Um, mm. You know, they have a cute, a few uh, key scenes and, but almost everything that either of them says can be applied to the situation. Yeah. So I'm thinking right to the opening scene, right? There's, Oz comes over after playing in the band and, and goes to sit down and Willow moves over and Vander like moves over way more than he needs to. And, you know, yeah, Cordy's yeah. like, why are you trying to sit on my lap? And, you know, like, like, you know, it's this whole big over thing and, and, and asks, you know, why they're being so weird. And Willow is able to sort of deflect the conversation. Um, but like, you even get like Willow's explanation there of, you know, Oh, you know, two people want to be together and blah, yeah. blah, blah. like her whole thing. And Oz is like, that's a nice sentiment. Like, you know, you like, you know, that must like crush Willow's heart to yeah. hear him say that. Cause like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those moments where, where he sort of says the perfect thing to make you feel the guiltiest yep. as yep. possible. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, we've seen Cordy have that sort of second sight almost into, mm. um, you know, what other people do. Like, you know, she's, not going to just ignore the odd behavior. Like she sees that something yeah. is weird between, you know, Willow and Xander and she's not sure what it is, but she calls them out on it. And, yeah. She's perceptive. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and the moment passes or whatever, but then you get the, um, during the, the intervention mm. you get, um, you know, 
Buffy talking about jealousy. Are you yeah. jealous? Yeah. And and Cordy's like, you know, hello, you know, get over yourself much. But in that moment, we know that Cordy actually isn't the center of Xander's affections. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and and. Yeah, there's the irony there that she should be jealous, but not of Buffy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, um, she's, but you get that protectiveness of her, that jealousy in the sense of... of Possessing, yeah. Possessing, and, and yeah. It, it annoys her that Buffy brings that up. Um, but, yeah, but, but Buffy's not right now the problem. Right now, you know, she should be, you know... She should be noticing that with Willow instead. Yeah, but, you know, she wouldn't. Like, Willow, it was yeah, never yeah. even an issue with Xander. So it, yeah. but Buffy was. And that that's yeah. the thing is like, yeah, he's over you. Well, yeah, because he's moved on to a different second woman. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but then the one, the sort of the kicker for me is in the same scene when, when, you know, uh, Buffy's protesting, you know, I had to keep it and we're not, you know, Angel and I aren't together and whatever. And Oz says just simply in his Oz sort of way, but you were kissing him. Yeah. Like just yeah. very simply stated. And you just know that would be the same exact way and tone of voice. If he found out that Willow was kissing yeah. Xander, Yeah, like that same intonation, same way, but you were kissing him. And yeah. It's it's almost like what we were saying with Giles before. It's not an accusation. It's a statement right. of fact. It's it's simple, direct. Yeah. This is what yeah. happened. Yeah, it's not blame. It's just well, this is what you did, and and you know? and it undercuts any argument or you know, yeah, any explanation or rationalization, yeah, yeah. whatever that you can have. So, oh man, it just it's sort of yeah the yeah. the fact that. Um, oh, and th and then at the end, Oz says, oh, you know, sounds like I missed a lot. And of course, he's talking about like the fight yeah. scene or whatever. But it's like, oh, he you're missing, missing a lot. Yeah. You know, stuff going on between. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Right. So, yeah, so no, it, there is this kind of it, it, this whole other level, which he and Cordy are kind of keyed into and they don't even realize it. You know, they don't yeah, realize the things that they're noticing are no are worthy of notice are significant you know they don't kind of know mm -hmm. how right they are so, um, yeah um and and so just sort of final note that i had and then if there's anything else you want to add um is that that moment um where giles almost walks well he walks right yeah. by will yeah. alexander in the library so, and there i wondered i wondered if he saw them i wonder if that's going to come back up um mm. And I don't know, you know, maybe you can say no, or you could say, I'm not going to say one way or the other. Okay. I, I mean, sort of the way he's positioned sort of implies that he didn't, but you're right. Like it's possible that he did and just didn't say something. His almost, like, his, his, after he'd been so short tempered with them and snippish, you know, cause he's frazzled by Mrs. Post and everything. He's kind of, right. his nerves are on edge and everything. His, his almost a little too casual, a, lo a little too, you know, he just sort of quietly comes in and, and it, it seemed like a Giles way of breaking it up, you know, mm. to kind of 
pretend like he didn't see anything, but kind of quietly slip in there and give them an excuse to just go do other things. I don't know. I got that sure. impression, but I don't know whether that I, will come back or not. I won't say one way or the other um, with regard to that particular mm-hmm. scene. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. We may learn more about that at some other time. Okay. But I will... <laughs> Well, I guess uh, anything else just in general about the episode or or other um, ideas, uh, other characters? I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of interesting that the episode is called Revelations, and I was kind of expecting the Willow and Xander thing to be one of those revelations, but mm. it, it's not. So that's interesting that, you know, that's right. there's still a secret which is being kept, which is relevant to the whole group you know because that's not just one person's secret that's something that once it is found out is going to affect it's gonna throw the whole thing out of alignment like willow says you know more than it already is so uh kind of interesting that in even though this episode is about revelations not everything is revealed so that's a little bit of yeah irony so, in the title there but so what what do you what um what do you see as the revelations i mean obviously the angel thing yeah i mean i guess i guess i took that as referencing what's going on with buffy and angel um, okay well and because it's plural so right right I, interesting i, I mean know. i ha- i have one other idea but i wanted to I will go ahead because I don't know that I have anything. I, else. I mean, the only other one would be Gwendolyn, just the the okay. revelation of her character. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, which is you know contained within this episode, so it's not yes, like it's a yes. longer. So so we get the angel thing, which has obviously been going on for a couple few episodes now. But um, right, that would be the other one. But I don't. I mean, that's why I wanted to see if you saw any others because. Those are sort of the two that I would call out that seem obvious to me, but yeah, it's possible I don't, there's I don't there's think others. so. I don't think so. The only um, other one I was expecting was Willow and Angel. <laughs> unless you count... Or Willow and Angel. Will and Xander. <laughs> unless you count Willow's uh, revelation of opening her SAT yeah. test I liked, book I liked early. her little silent cheerleading on the side while Buffy's doing the fight. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny. She's cute. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so... Good deal. So, well, yeah. next week, um, we'll 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 be ta- well. Actually, before uh, our our next episode, we'll we'll come back with our Doctor Who series yeah. three recap, and then uh, we'll be moving on yeah. to the next Buffy and and Doctor Who episodes. So, yeah, and also, um, I think I sent you this already, but if anybody's listening along with us during our season three Doctor Who recap, I want to also put in there a little discussion of. Um, a short which is called Time Crash, um, which is one of those little 10-minute for charity shorts. But I think um, there's, a, there's some interesting aspects to it which are worth talking about. And it doesn't, it doesn't really have much to do with Last of the Time Lords, and it doesn't really have much to do with the Christmas special either. It's sort of a little standalone thing. So sure. for people who are listening along, we'll link to that, and then um, we'll include that in our recap discussion so sounds good um, well until until next week see you then